1: AM 970 The Answer presents i on real estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends, from mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions. You'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting
2: closer to my heart.
1: Call now. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO,
3: Dottie Herman. We're back, and um, I'm here with Ace, our financing expert, and Jerry, our legal eagle, and myself, and we were just talking about the pros and cons of a new home. And then if you should be buying a new home, that make sure you look at the, if the development is finished or not or if it's less than half finished. Uh, make sure you check the builder out and you know check out their financial credentials because you don't want to move into a development that never gets finished because then you're going to end up losing money and being stuck in a place that's half done. And also, we... When that you know, you have to know what's included, and this, this is more in the suburbs because in the city, uh, they don't usually do in the buildings custom. I mean, the, the finishes are the finishes, and maybe they have the you know, option of two or three finishes. But, but in the, a lot of the um suburbs, you're going to see that you can have extras. So, when you look at the models, you have to see what the they, they'll usually advertise a price, and then that doesn't include all the extras. So when you see the model, a lot of people think they're getting all the stuff that the model has for the price that they're advertising, and that's not always the case. So what you have to ask is, gee, what comes at the price that you've advertised this home for, and um, what's the extras? What, you know, like the fireplace could be an upgrade, the type of tiles could be an upgrade, the kind of floors could be an upgrade, a finished basement. So you have to, and then you have to look if okay, if I spend this all these money on the upgrades. What's the real cost of what I'm paying, and is that you know of a value that I want to do? But don't go on an upgrading spree, okay?
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, and you need to get a completion clause. I think that's what Jerry was talking about. Yep. Uh, right? Mm-hmm. So make and uh, <clears throat> Jerry said make sure you get a cancellation clause or a refund of deposit clause if the builder does not complete by a specified date. And Jerry, what did you say you usually give?
4: No, I call I call it an outside date, but essentially you know, all of these contracts provide maximum flexibility to the sponsor because, in fairness, they encounter lots of issues when they're building that cause delays, not all of which are their fault. So, you know, municipal uh, permits and maybe labor shortages and things like that. So they have maximum flexibility to keep delaying and delaying and delaying. On the other hand, in the beginning of the deal, if they say, we're going to deliver this, you know, <clears throat> at the end of 2019 and we're signing a contract today. Then I say, okay, well, then if you're quite sure you're going to deliver it by the end of 2019, then if for whatever reason you can't deliver by the middle of 2020, give my buyer the right to get out of the deal and move on with their life and get something else because you can't so be that's, hung up forever. That's you know?
3: really good advice. And so that's basically make sure you have that clause in your contract. Uh, and that's why I always say use a real estate attorney, somebody who's really used to doing real estate, because that might not be someone's expertise if they're an attorney, but it's not what they specialize in. They just might not really know to put that in. Right. Uh, also, review the surrounding homes in the neighborhood, okay? Because, you know, you're going to have, like, this new development in the suburbs, and it's going to be worth X. And just drive around and see what the homes around that go for, because... Mm-hmm. You know, if there are uh, the homes around it are a lot less, then you might not want to. You might still want to buy it, or you might think, you know, what? Maybe it's not a great investment. And again, we were just talking about that. Uh, I was just talking to Ace during the break, and we said, you know, it's different for everyone. I mean, for me, I, a home is important to me. I don't want to be a renter if I can help it, uh, because I want to know it's mine.
5: Yeah.
3: <laughs> okay, so and I want it to be mine. I want to be able to do what I want with it. And some people want to look at everything as an investment and if you so it's good to just check out the area and see uh, what they're going for. And sometimes if the development is like on a main you know street, even though it's gated, you know, you can't really tell. Uh, but something that you should know. And just because you're buying a brand new home, that do not waive your right to have an inspection. See, a lot of people think because it's new, they don't have the engineer's clause. Uh, it's a good idea to get an expert eye on the home uh, as it's being built, if you can. Uh, and you don't want to know it was years ago, and I bought a new home, and I uh, loved it. Because aesthetically, I mean, it was like, oh my god. And then, uh, I, you know, I had somebody come in and look at it, but I didn't really go crazy, and I'll tell you the truth, the, you know, the 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 uh, deck. <laughs> they had a little bedroom deck on the on the master bedroom, and that caved in and fell mm. into oh. the den, and wow. the ceiling very came dangerous. apart. And um, you know, like I, I can't even tell you. The house sunk a little bit. Mm. So uh, it's a good idea to get an inspection, mm. even if it's <clears> brand new.
4: Yeah, what we're talking about here is uh, you know the project's done; they're ready to deliver it, maybe. And you go and look at it, and it looks pretty, you know, it looks nice. But none of us are experts in building, right, unless you're an expert in building. So you bring along with you an expert, you know, an engineer, or at least an architect who takes a look at the plans and what they were supposed to deliver and compares it with what they actually delivered, and are they are you getting what you paid for?
3: Right. And that's
4: mm-hmm. really important, really important, Donnie.
3: Yeah, so, you know, look at the bones, okay? Sometimes a new construction doesn't have the same bones yeah, uh, as an older house, and so we'll see how it's built. Anyway... Uh, th- so those are things to look at, and thank you because our call last week really uh, yeah. had some good points, and he wanted to share that experience. And I so we hope that we can save you. Uh, so we, when you're buying a home, yeah, because you sometimes just don't know. Let me <clears> take a question from Don from Long Island. Hi, Don. How are you?
6: Hi, Donnie. I'm well, thank you.
2: Donnie, I wanted
6: to, to ask you about. Uh, I'm buying a home, an elevated home in Freeport, Long Island. Well, I'm looking, and I, I've noticed there are a lot of prefab homes, and uh, uh, and then there's conventional built homes that are that are elevated because it's waterfront. Uh, what are the pros and cons of an, of a prefab home?
3: Of Ooh. a prefab home opposed to a, you mean a a home that's well? Freeport was kind of wiped out in a way, right? So most of the homes on the water, I'm going to assume, have been redone, no?
6: Yeah, it's, well, the well, home is elevated uh, 12 feet uh, above the, uh, the ground, and uh, they're built already. The homes are brand new. Both homes are brand new. And uh, I was just wondering if there's any difference in uh, quality or, or uh, if you had any ideas. Well,
4: Before Dottie ends, let me just explain to the listeners. Prefab stands for prefabrication. And it essentially means that the the main structures are built off-site in a, mm-hmm. in a uh, warehouse, somewhere, and then shipped in and kind of assembled on site. So, Dottie, what do you think about it?
3: Well, I think it's kind of new. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of prefab homes on Long Island that I know of. It's kind of a new thing. And I I don't know what I'm comparing it to. So, you know, if you're looking at a resale in Freeport that's on the water, opposed to a... Prefab modular home, which is done really in a factory, so that really is no work. I'm assuming that you have no work to do with that in the modular home, correct?
6: No, it's, all, it's everything is done.
3: Yeah, so so that that's like buying something that's brand new, and I would okay. have to know what I'm comparing it to, you know. So I, okay, because okay, when so well, here's what I would do: whether uh, whether the price is the price the price of the modular home comparable to the price of a...
6: Yeah, it's about
3: the same. Call up... I'm going to give you a name. You would call up my Merrick office and ask for Barbara Schultz. She's the manager there. And just to ask her okay. opinion, because she lives in Freeport on the water. She has a great home. And what I really want to find out is, because there's not a whole lot of modular homes that I know of, so I can't really tell you... Um, i can 't compare it with a with a resale because i don 't know what the resale has uh, and i don 't know that, i don 't think there 's a lot of them to know how they go, but I think that the beauty of the module home is that it 's brand new so if you, if you don 't want any work um, and then you 'd have to look at gee how much is it more how much more is it or less so, so if you, in other words, if you could buy somebody 's home on the water that wasn 't redone would you be at, would the price be a lot cheaper or are you paying the same amount and the, and this home is done you know i well, most
6: of the homes are are, are redone anyway both, well that's what
3: i'm thinking because else. most of them during the hurricane were wiped out yeah, so most right. of them would have to be redone so, so some of why they, uh,
4: some so of why, why the shipping now actually have like the wallpaper already installed it's uh quite amazing
3: yeah I think that they're going to be trendy. I think that people are going to buy them. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't have enough experience with with you know. I know Freeport very well. I don't have enough experience in telling you if they sold would sell or not as quickly as, as something else. But because they're new, I don't know that there's any faults. I don't think I. I mean, as far as does the, does the, the house hold up? Does 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 it last? Um, I would think so, and it's on stilts, so it's not going to have a basement because there's no basements there. So I would have to look at a few things that were resales and talk to a few experts there. And then if I liked it and it was around the same price and I saw I didn't have to put any work in it, then, you know, I'd go with what I like, unless you're doing it as an investment. And if you're doing it as an investment, I would tell you that Long Island's on fire right now. It's probably the busiest I've ever seen it. Um but to make money on investments, you have to hold them for a while. So, um, but if you call back next week, I'll, I'll, if you don't get a chance to call that office, I'll, 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 I'll call Barbara myself and let you know what yeah. What she says. I'd be interested to hear what That's she That's a good. Say. That's a good question. It yeah. really is. And <clears throat> thanks for calling, John.
4: Did you know, Dottie, before you move on to the next subject, did you know there was an Olympic event called Skeleton, by the way? Were you talking about the Olympics before? I've never heard of that. Called have you skeleton? heard of
3: Skeleton?
6: No.
4: Yeah, it's an Olympic oh. event.
3: Is this John? Is that a, are you? Calling about more? You have more information on prefab homes?
6: Yes, I do. I actually own one.
3: Oh, good, oh. good, good. Tell us. Then maybe tell us. Thank you for calling. This is John from Long Island. So, he, he thank you for calling because I haven't had as much experience. No problem. Tell I, us
6: the home. I the home I own is actually in Pennsylvania, and it was built in two thousand and three. What I found out was that uh, prefab homes are federally regulated. So their standards are usually higher, higher in 99% of the cases than any local
1: than any locality. Wow. So that's number one. Because they have to number ship two, to all they states. To
6: build it, they, they build it in a controlled environment. So you never have to worry about anything out in the cold, anything out in the rain, anything out because they build in a warehouse. And then they move to that location. Most of them are 23, I mean like 48 feet, 50 feet. I mean we're talking a tremendous you know, structure that's being moved so you know the structure is built solid. Right. And that's why the federal regulations are so much more stringent than the local, you know, standards. This this is an interesting Uh, point. If you could turn around and buy one, I would go for it. I had a friend of mine who's actually, he's a builder in Suffolk County. He came to my house in Pennsylvania. He goes, this house is built better than anything I can build.
5: Wow. So your
4: point is because it has moved on a truck and shifted, it's it's already yep. been time tested for its ability to withstand right. vibration, which is certainly one of the things. Oh, that you know, you. I mean, mine, I never mine thought actually of. had yeah. to
6: come. It was about 60 miles from the warehouse to where, right. and I'm yeah. on a, and I'm actually on a mountain. So, I mean, it was, oh, so that it really had a while seeing it done. <laughs>
3: wow. It was,
6: But it's amazing. Oh, that's so good. To the house this weekend.
3: (laughs) Oh, good. You know what? You'll have to. You'll have to call again because really, we should do a a a little session on that because, you know, they're becoming more popular and I don't know, like a lot about pre. I mean, I haven't dealt with them so much. So thank you so much for sharing. So John, thank you for Long Island says it's a good thing he has one. They're regulated and they're actually. you know, because they're regular, in many cases, he said, they're better mm-hmm. than new construction yeah. that's built on site. So thank you so much, John, for calling and letting us have that information. That's why we like to have a community here where people mm-hmm. share, because if there's one person that's asking a question, there's a million other people um, that are asking the same questions. And I know I have posted that we have um, questions on, on Facebook, and I, I say that if you posted a question on Facebook, uh, We will answer one of them on the show. And so, uh, well, I'll I'll maybe answer two, okay? So one of the questions is from Karen on Facebook, and she says, Do you think we should sell our property now before all the units are completed on the west side? It looks like Manhattan real estate could be saturated in the next few years. So that's a general question. And do, do, are we, do, Jerry, are you there still? I'm right here. Oh, yeah, I didn't I'm hear you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that's, I I, 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 it's hard to answer. I don't know the price. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the development that you're talking about. Um, but I think when they're talking about Manhattan being saturated, you have to look at a price point. They right. certainly aren't saturated at the bottom mm-hmm. of the market. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think um, it's yeah. You know, if it's 20 million, maybe. But if, you know, I don't know the, Karen, if you could, we asked that question with a little more specifics. Mm-hmm. We could give you a better answer. I don't think Manhattan is saturated. As you, if you the, more, the population is increasing in Manhattan. Okay, as far as prices, it says. And, and her question, though, Jerry, is: Do you think that she should sell because it's hers, The units aren't all completed before the units are c- completed. Like in other words, she already bought, right. and should she sell before all the units are completed? Um, we well, see. Then so. you know, Yeah. I don't think
4: so. I don't see a need to.
3: Well, I, you're thinking that. It's, well, you would. You would sell if you think they're going to go down. But now you're going to compete with the builder.
4: Right, because mm-hmm. they're, they're, and you're not going to be able to. You know. I uh, see oh, now, and if, a lot of the builders have resale restrictions. That's what I want to say too. a lot of really really the builders have restrictions where you yeah. can't you can't immediately go out and resell it while they're still selling their own. They don't want that competition. So many of them have a block. Okay, so Karen,
3: first thing you better look at is your uh, your contract to see if you're allowed to sell it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can't sell it for a year or two, or something they might have in the Mm -hmm. contract. And if you can sell it and you close on it, then you're dealing with the builder and what he. You have to look at what he's going to be selling.
4: And people are going to wonder why he's selling what he's selling
3: his stuff for. So Mm -hmm. and you know, unless you have a more desirable location, so. Let, you know, And if you give us a few more specifics, we can answer that even better. Uh, one other question. Hmm. What is the best way to utilize my New York license while living? And this is from David on Instagram. Uh, what is the best way to utilize my my New York license while living and working as an agent in South Florida?
4: Okay, so he's, he's licensed in New York. Uh, salesperson, but he's living in South Florida. <clears throat> right, well, certainly referrals, right, Dottie? That's one way.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, but if if you're living, if you are living in South Florida now, I just had a agent call me who has her license in Florida. She's probably close to ninety-two, and um, she's but she's a New York broker, but she's in Florida now because she's older a lot, and she just sold a fifty-four million dollar house there. So, if you're in Florida a lot, I would say that I would. uh, Oh, he's working as an agent in South Florida. Well, I would hook up. I would, if you're working with an agent in South Florida and you have a New York license, I would really get to know. Maybe I would even advertise that, you know, and I would go to the new construction and some of the new developments. Um, and talk to the builders and say, by the way, I have a New York license. A lot of people maybe come. Because a lot of people go look, and they didn't sell their home. So if, they, if they're looking for, you know, they're from the city, uh, they might be looking to eventually move to Florida. So a lot of people are saying, oh, gee, I'm going to move to Florida. It's been a cold winter, and, you know, I can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. So you could talk to the builder and say, I just want you to know if there's anyone that has a, a property in Florida that wants to buy your building and they're stuck because they didn't sell their home. Let me know. I have a license in New York, but I would also, um, and if you want, we can give you some names. I would also introduce myself to some of the brokers in New York that are good brokers, um, and make a, like a partnership. Yeah kind of when they they can send you their customers for Florida, that, that that there's many brokers that don't have Florida licenses in New York. And also Long Island. A lot of Long Islanders go to Florida also. So your New York license is good. That's what yeah. I would do. I'd make a relationship with some brokers, and it's more than just, you know, you'd have to get together. And We could give you some names yeah. if you want. But that's a really good question. And, David... I will tell you, you can make a lot more. You can make a lot of money if you utilize that license right. You can certainly call me, and I certainly will give you the names of some people to call. We'll be right back, and Ace is going to talk about buying a home, and getting a mortgage when you're self-employed.
1: It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866 970 9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO Dottie Herman.
3: Okito, okay, no. time runs, goes really quick. We've had a lot of questions. And thank you for calling in and giving advice because it's really helpful uh, for anyone who listens to the show who's been experiencing things or has advice because uh, they've been through a pleas. We, we really appreciate that's the best that yeah. any that, – that's really, really helpful information for everyone to and, have.
2: And Dottie, in regards to modular homes, you know, John called in, and he's right. You know, I was looking at a home in the Hamptons, and it was a modular home, and there's this misconception that modular homes are cheaper, and it's not built as strong, but it's actually quite the opposite. It's very strong. You know, it has to withstand all the – because they're actually traveling from the factory, from the warehouse – Sixty miles out, seventy miles out, sometimes, and it's definitely, um, you know, it's 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 well, stronger than than a I think a you're right. Home. I think
3: you said that. Um, I think you said that people have a general conception yeah. about module homes because, like, an old theory, like, yeah. was like when when they weren't anything, and that's mm-hmm. why I said I haven't really dealt with as many. And going forward, mm-hmm. I think there'll be more. A lot more, and I think that they'll do different PR on it. Definitely. Uh, so I, I didn't even know they were building them in the Hamptons.
2: They are. They are. It's nice. It's actually really, really nice. Yeah. Right by the water. So there's too.
3: us. So see, I learned. Lo- and so I learned something. So I thank you for that because we. The day that you stop learning is the day you should hang it up because <laughs> you learn something every day. And I learn from a lot of people that call a show with different expertise. So um, we are. You know, I said there was an article in the Wall Street J- Journal um, on February 9th that's in the mansion section, and it says the trouble with being the boss. And when self employed workers apply for a mortgage, the biggest hurdle will be de- demonstrating they meet the lender's requirements. So, Ace. Yes. Uh, is the biggest hurdle demonstrating that they meet the lender's income requirements?
2: I think it's just being prepared, Dottie. A lot of times, you know, you have cases where. People are actually um, doing really well at their. Let's say an attorney; th- he's doing really well at his firm, and um, you know he wants to open up his own firm, and he becomes self-employed. Let's just say you know during the year, and mo- what most people don't know is that you actually have to have two years of self-employment history. So, folks that are transitioning over, if they're looking to buy something, should really consult with a banker so that they can actually either you know wait or. Or prepare themselves, you know that they have to have at least two years of history, right a, a second really, really popular um, notion is that a lot of self-employed borrowers they make they may make a a lot of money on the gross um, line item, but then what what the banks do is they calculate it on the AGI, which is the adjusted gross income, which is after all the expenses. so a lot of self-employed borrowers they have companies and they have a whole bunch of write offs, and what they need to know is that if you're looking to buy something, you should limit some of the write-offs as well. So there's there's a lot of things that, if they're prepared, it's not it's not hard at all. But they need to really consult with a banker, really understand what their um, qualifications are, and really prepare their tax returns to reflect an income that they would like to, to qualify right. for. So in
3: other words, it used to be years ago. If you bought years ago, you mm-hmm. could, if you were self-employed, you could put extra money down as a down payment. And they would check your credit to make sure that your credit was good, but if you um, didn't show much income, they still let you buy. And then, of course, we had the
2: they would have stated income for self-employed borrowers. Yes. Yeah,
3: so that you could kind of get a mortgage. And so then we had the whole disaster with Mm -hmm. the, you know, the when we had the recession, (laughs) and these people really didn't have money, so now they're careful. So you can't have it both ways now. you really, So, you know, if you're self-employed and you want to not pay taxes so you have all these write-offs to show that you don't really make any money, that's great, but then you're not going to be able to get a mortgage. So I think with Ace saying you have to pick one or the other, and you really should talk to, like, Ace uh, or go to somebody at Citizens Bank Mm -hmm. and talk to a banker because you really – have to be prepared for that, and then you have to show two years. Is it two years?
2: Two years, two years of self-employed history. Yeah, so and, you and can't as say a- to the IRS, you're
4: making no money, but to the bank, you're making a lot of money. you got to be consistent. And,
3: and remember, the uh, as Ace said, the amount is deducted from their business income, Uh so they're going to look at the what you what you show. Uh, now, accountants often write letters on behalf of his clients to help letters better understand their business. Uh, they could also you can reconcile if you can the tax, the tax returns, the actual income. But at the end of the day, you 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 would really want to uh, work with a banker, get mm-hmm. a good accountant. Okay.
2: You can also uh, and em- seek
3: business underwriters like Ace yes. that are savvy and understand self-employed people. You know, it's like anything else. If you're a mortgage. Person, or you go to a teller or the bank to get a mortgage, and they're not versed in that. They don't understand it and they won't know how. I mean, if there's any way that they can maneuver you legally, uh, they will. So you want to get a savvy underwriter, and
2: yeah. that's and, why you want to go to someone like And let's like say this. you've already filed your taxes, right? And it's already, you know, you already um, wrote down all those deductions. You can actually amend your tax returns, but of course, you would have to pay the taxes on the additional income that. That you report, so. so in other
3: words, you can
2: you can still go back. So let's say you know you did file taxes um, in April of last year. You can still go back if you are looking to get a mortgage. You can still go back and amend your tax returns, but you know you'll have to pay the taxes, of course, on the amended tax <coughs> returns.
4: Speak to your accountant though, because I think I may be mistaken.
2: I think amended returns are automatically subject to audit. It is, it is. So it has to yeah. be an audited <coughs> amendment tax return. Yeah. Tax. But so you have to make sure that you know, what you amends on your tax returns, you're paying for those taxes, so.
3: Um, yes, so you need a good accountant. Uh, look for lending alternatives, as I said. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who's savvy in it as far as a banker that uh, could help you. Um, keep your separate business and personal finances, so you can't, you've got to keep that kind of separate. And, yeah. you know, like I said, you have to kind of make a decision. You You have to either decide... Uh, what 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 it is that's more important? Because if you don't show any income, the bank isn't going to lend you the money. I you know, say, and have a backup plan. You know, sometimes maybe if you put a lot of cash down, you don't have to show as much mm-hmm. income. So you you could do that and keep uh, careful track of your taxable income. Uh, but I would actually sit and really talk to someone because you can get a mortgage. And uh, for those of you who are in areas where you can use FHA. That's also a myth that you can't use F. You can you can go for yeah, an FHA, FHA mortgage FHA. if you're self-employed, and you still just have to qualify. Mm-hmm. So, any other tips on that? Now, let me ask you: while we're talking about yeah. mortgages, um, the 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 third thirty-year now it's up, all right? The thirty-year yeah, fix is at what four? It's or something? creeping
2: up. It's uh, thirty-year fixed rate. It's actually at four and a quarter, four point two five, and we were hovering right around three and a half percent for quite some time, Dottie, last year or so. Yeah.
3: So, uh, and that that was one of the reasons with the stock market being yeah, volatile that so they volatile. mentioned the uh, rising interest rates. Uh, even though all the, you know, jobs, everything looks, you know, healthy. So, uh, but th- the rates at four point one three is that about what they are at for yeah, a fix? Right, for?
2: right around four point one three, four point two five. What what consumers need to really think about, and what sellers really need to think about, is that, you know. If an interest rate goes up by one percent, it's actually eleven to twelve percent less buying power for each person. So just keep in mind if you're a seller and you're if
3: interest goes up
2: by one percent, your buying power is lessened by eleven to twelve percent.
3: Okay. If interest rates go up, so that's good to know yes. because your buying power goes down by eleven or twelve percent. By
2: eleven or twelve percent. So
3: what so so you wanna buy it makes a difference in what you can afford. To, it to it really does. It really does. And how much you can get a mortgage for, so that's a good tip to have. And uh, for sellers, obviously, if you have somebody who qualifies and is pre-qualified, uh, now's the time now to make the, the deal. Well, but, not that I think there's a shortage of buyers out there, but listen, you know, if you if you if you really want to sell something and you want the security and you have a solid buyer who's qualified. You know, you never know if somebody qualifies or not. This right? this
2: is an amazing time, Dottie, because you know, the last three weeks we've seen buyers that were on the fence last year, not really sure if they wanted to buy or not. And now that they've seen the rates sort of steadily climb climb up, they're actually pulling the trigger and they're actually going, you know, with two feet in now. So it's 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 a good time for both sellers and buyers, I think. So
3: Yeah. So keep that in mind that if you have any questions you can call here at eight six six nine seven oh nine six two two and speak to Ace. Or ACE, uh, just do radio show at Element, yeah. or Ace, anything or just call citizens yeah. and, or stop there. Since you then there's a lot. How many branches do they have now?
2: Oh, they have a lot. Um, right now, we have four branches here in New York City. so
3: Wow. So that's really that, that financing piece. And if you don't need a, if you don't need to, if you're not self-employed and you have income, make sure that you and who's ever buying your home with you. Uh, get pre qualified yep. because that's really, really important. So, I told you that, you know, since uh, it's Valentine's Day, we had to pick a topic. I think I'm going to take a question first and then I'm going to talk a little about, because i think it's appropriate, since it's valid, romance and real estate and how the housing situation affects your love life. But first, let me take a question from Margot. Hi, Margot. <laughs> hi how are you doing
5: good i love your show it's just so helpful so thank uh, you entertaining too it's just great Uh, i look forward to it every every saturday Um, margo you know what
3: hold your question they're making us take a break right now so we'll take a quick break and as soon as we are back margo from long island we'll absolutely ask the question and i'm sure a lot of you want to hear because you might have the same question we'll be right back after the break so margo hold on the line
1: It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman.
3: Um, We're back, and uh, we're here on the line with Margo from Long Island. So, Margo, you have a question? Yes.
5: um, If if I have a real estate license in New York, and um, my license is being held... In Florida, by a broker, because I have a Florida real estate license also. Right. And I decide I want to buy something in Florida in one of the gated communities, and sell my house. Um, and so, and so I go. How do I negotiate myself in this situation? As far as I'm with a broker in Florida, and I want to buy something in Florida now. So what happens with a commission or whatever?
3: Well, I think that would be like, first of all, I would, I would, I don't know the broker you're with, but I would go to the broker and I'd say, look, I'm going to buy something. I have a license. You're holding it. So I would find out if they have a, you know, if they do anything for people, you know, some companies have incentives for anybody that works there. So that's first of all. And then if you're not familiar with the real estate, um, and you want to so that you need to use a broker there, then make a deal with a broker in the office. In other words, uh-huh. you can you know you can just say, look, it's my personal house. I'm buying it for myself. I am a broker. I'm licensed in Florida, so I don't really need to work with a broker. But I understand, like you're an expert, or yours so you know make a deal. You don't and probably there's somebody will do it for like not too much money if you want to do some work. Uh, if you don't want to do any work. And you just want to give it to a broker and just let them take you out? Uh, I would. You could make a deal, make a fifty-fifty deal, or you know. But de- definitely, you should take some of the commission.
5: Right, right. Yeah, I just was wondering how that would work and what percentage of the commission uh, I would be able to get. Well, I would say some-
3: this: it would vary by company. And it would uh-huh. vary by agent. Like, you know, it depends. Do you know any agents in the – do you just have a, your license with a broker? Do you know anybody that happens to be in the office that you're in or that you haven't Yeah, had? Yeah,
5: yeah. Well, I why, talk to them frequently.
3: Okay, so then if you talk to the people frequently, what I would do is – Call one of them, you know, you can make it, there's no set, there's no set number. I mean, somebody might say that I won't, somebody might not want to do it unless they get a lot of money, but somebody in the office said, look, it's for you, if it's for you, my guess is somebody in the office will do it for a small amount of fee, like, you know, and, and, you know, or maybe half of the commission and you'll still have to pay the listing broker or whoever the listing broker is. It's not going to help you on that end. Um...
5: Yeah, you know, well, uh, I actually know pretty much where I want to be and what the gated community. So, so then why don't you I do I just it yourself? drive out to that community, how do I work it there? I mean, or do I have to go through the the broker that's holding my far license?
3: Well, listen. If you have a license in Florida and you, you're, you're not a broker, then it has to be held by the broker. And if right. you, And if you can do the deal without another broker, in other words, if you know what you want and where it is and how much it should go for, you could make the deal yourself, but you're still going to have to pay that broker.
5: Uh-huh. uh-huh.
3: And that's what you'll have to do is call up whoever runs the office or the broker uh-huh. of record, ever, and say, look, I... I have my license with you. I'm going to do my own deal because it sounds like you know enough to do it on your own. And if you have to do it right. on your own, you don't need to cut in another broker and spend more money. And right. just say, you know, what would you know what what kind of deal can I make? And so they might say, well, you know, you, you didn't have – you know, you get 50% or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and then if you – you know, because they, you know, you you know, the splits usually go up when you make more money. So if you really haven't made a lot of money, but you might be able to really negotiate that and, and say, look, I, I feel that's fair. Normally, if I'm referring something, but this is for me, it's a personal. And once I'm here, I'll probably bring in a lot more business. So, and then if you talk to the broker, I'm sure they'll make it, they'll, they'll do something. They should be more flexible and point out that when you're now going to be living in Florida, you're going to really be able to do more business than when you would just. Right.
5: Right. And Mm -hmm. so it's
3: probably a benefit for the broker to work with you.
5: Right. And I guess I could also do referrals to New York from, uh, if I maintain my New York license. Maintain
3: it. Do not lose your New York license. Make sure you keep Mm -hmm. it up. Yes. And make okay. sure that when you, when, before you leave, that you make some arrangements, some brokers that you know on Long Island, okay, because mm-hmm. a lot of Long Island moves to Florida, you know that, and that you have relationships that, you know, you can go back and forth and use the license in both ways. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. I, I have agents that work for us that go back and forth. When it's worth their while, like, you know, they go back and forth. Some people don't want to do that, so they'll just mm-hmm. work with someone. But by no means should you lose. So many people are moving to Florida. You know, you should really make right. some, Yeah And then you should go to the offices on Long Island that you're friendly with people and say, look, I have my Florida license. I'm moving there. You know, make some deals with people to refer the stuff to you in Uh-huh,
5: uh-huh. Okay,
3: Donnie, you are a
5: genius. Thank you so much. Oh, thank.
3: Keep it, let's Do you need any help? Let me know. But I think it's great that you have both licenses. I will, I
5: will, I definitely will uh, take you up on that.
3: Okay. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend and and You happy Valentine's mm, You're what? a genius, Donnie. Oh, well. You are. <laughs> not, oh, not, <laughs> I don't know about a genius, I've been just. But it's really not, that's not really even a real estate answer. That's just mm-hmm. relationships. Right. And so much of life is about making relationships and building relationships with people. Uh, of course, uh, that they trust you and that you know what you know and you know what you don't know. I always tell people, you know, I, I know what I know and I don't know and I know what I don't know. And what I don't know, I, I just have experts that I go to. So, um, but like, I'll try to do this quick because we don't have much time, but uh, so how does real estate affect your love life? Well, owning a home has always been part of the traditional American dream, so it's apparently not a deal breaker or a maker when it comes to dating. Nearly two-thirds of, which about 63% of unmarried U.S. adults said that homeowners had no significant home advantage in terms of attracting dates. So, in other words... They didn't look at a guy or a girl and say, oh, she doesn't own a home, so we're not going to go out with them. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Only 28% said they prefer someone who owned a home. But I will tell you they look at their credit now. Like if you rent, but you have, like, you know, you know and you're reliable, I don't think that's what they're saying is that's not going to stop them from going out with you or ruin your love life as long as you're reliable and make money and, and you know, pay your bills on time. Uh, so, that's, uh, so there was no, no difference. A homeowner, buying a home demonstrates uh, in many people's minds some commitment. But for the most part, owning a home is not viewed as a sign that you're ready or even interested in marriage. So just because you own a home doesn't mean that you want to get married to somebody. Um, the majority of those surveyed said they'd rather date someone who lives alone than with a roommate. So just know that if you're thinking of getting a roommate and you're single, your love might your love life might be better if you weren't. Okay, <laughs> but I think if they really like you, they'll figure out a way. Hopefully, you'll have a two bedroom.
4: <coughs> um, what if your roommates are your parents?
3: Well, that's not <laughs> a good thing. I mean, unless you're like twenty, <laughs> maybe you could get away with it. I don't know, twenty five. I don't know, but no, I think with, you know. but I don't really. I think that's not a turn-on necessarily, but it's, you know, listen. I mean, if, you're, if it was just like a month or two, but if somebody was like 30 years old and still living with their parents,
4: yeah, it's I think temporary you might. for the last five Now, years. I'm
3: not saying. Some people maybe wouldn't bother. Uh, nearly three quarters of unmarried renters said they'd be willing to consider living with a significant other in order to save money. And we'll do that on another show because we're not going to have time today. But if you're going to live with a significant other... Uh, before you're married, and save up money to buy a home. There's going to be some rules we'll talk about next week that we're going to make sure you know.
4: But don't do it just to save money. No.
3: But we're Mm going to talk legally what you have to do when you're living with somebody and you're not married and you buy something together. And Jerry and I, Jerry will Mm -hmm. tell you what you legally have to make sure happens before you... uh,
2: That's quite common. Yes, and it's very common. I see that a lot.
3: People don't care if they're not married. They're buying. They want to buy, and they buy with this, yes. somebody that they're living with, and they're not necessarily married. And then you don't have the same rights, which Jerry will go over, mm-hmm. and right. Ace will tell you how to get a mortgage when it's not your, when you're buying with And it's always people. easier
4: to figure these things out when everyone's getting along. Of course. Of course. You know, that's yes. the theory. Is everybody think about it now before, you know, While the relationship resolves. Right.
3: Now, Trulia, uh, Trulia posted the question if you were in the market for your first home today what home amenities would you make fall in love with a home what amenities would make Uh you fall in love with a home and the results show that for most part men and women largely want the same things really the top amenity for both sexes is a master bathroom followed by a walk-in closet more women are infatuated with a walk-in closet than men. Well, that's always the case because the men have less clothes usually. Uh. Well, speak for yourself.
4: You've never seen a walk-in closet. <laughs> I mean.
3: And number three was shoes. a list of the most desired home amenities. Uh, are the sexes, the words, you know, like also they wanted, like, Closet space and gourmet kitchens. Now, I just read something in somewhere else that said the gourmet ch- and chick, uh, kitchens are not in anymore. Don't spend a lot of money on it. I didn't bring the article. I didn't read it because I don't believe it.
4: I don't believe it either. Okay? Uh, kitchen, I don't think, believe
3: that They're like, oh, you shouldn't spend a lot of money on the kitchen. Well, if your house no. is worth $200,000, <laughs> don't spend $100,000 on your kitchen. Right. I mean, you have to go accordingly <clears throat> to the price of your home. Yeah. But I still say. Okay, so... Uh, so, but now talking about living with your parents, 25 million adults lived at home with their parents because they are unemployed or underemployed and they're trying to pay off student loans or save money to buy a place. And again, uh, so while calling mom and dad your roommates may be smart financial move, it's the kiss of death for healthy dating. Yeah.
4: But, you know, sometimes people can't afford it. Right. So if you have
3: to do it, I mean, it's been your age, too. I mean, if you're yeah. just out of college, I don't think it's a big deal. Right. If you're, yeah. Yeah. If you're 40 and... years old and you're still living with mom, it well. might be... Okay, and lot. again, everyone m- loves master bathrooms. Ensuite
4: so. master bath, yes, best thing in the world. Love it. Two sinks. And we'll talk next week. Two sinks, yes, two things. Oh, well, next two week,
3: will if you buy a house together someday, uh, we'll give you the questions that you should know, and we'll talk. Jerry will tell you uh, about how to. Happy
4: Valentine's Day. Yeah.
3: Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Ha- and everyone have a great Valentine's Day. And you know what? I don't think you should give candy. Mm. I'd rather give flowers. That's too fat me. Or an
5: apartment. (laughs) Right? Or an apartment. apartment.
3: I say the best is buy her the dream home.
5: You'll really, that'll
3: be a hit. I can guarantee you. Okay, so happy Valentine's everyone. We'll be here next week. And have a great week. I think it's going to be a little warmer today. Thank goodness.